As we continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the word Psalm 51, beginning in the first verse. Let us receive the word of God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God of grace and mercy, help me today to preach, to preach as you would have me preach, that your word might be received and that together we, your people, might know you more and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Lament is what we do when bad things happen to us or to people we love. That's the, the kind of lament that we've been focused on over this past couple of weeks. But what about when we do bad things to ourselves or to others? This also inspires lament. When guilt 
at the damage that we've done causes us to experience anguish, that terrible weight of realization that you can't undo the thing, that it's just, it's just out there, done in the world. It might be public. It might be just between you and the person you've hurt. It might be completely secret. But in any case, it's happened. And it's in you. What will you do with it? As with any suffering, difficult emotions, or difficult reality, we're invited to bring it to God in prayer. The so-called penitential psalms, the psalms of lament, are a model for us. Today we received Psalm 51, the psalm traditionally included in our Ash Wednesday liturgy. Every year these lines land in my being with a thud. I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. Another, perhaps less familiar prayer of lament, Psalm 38, includes these lines. For my iniquities have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All day long I go around mourning. I am utterly spent and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. These lament prayers in scripture give us words that viscerally describe the experience of suffering both the guilt and the consequences of our own iniquity, sin, and foolishness. In that often railed against verse, Psalm 51, verse 5, the verse that makes it sound like babies are horrible sinners, what we're receiving there are words of pain and grief at the unavoidable participation in sin, even from our earliest moments of life. Because none of us, even as children, are free from the capacity for self-centeredness and ignorance and doing harm. None of us are free from the ways in the world that are set up for us to participate in harmful things. Now there is a difference between such an awareness 
of our human sin, remorse, true remorse and confession. There's a difference between that and words or actions taken in an attempt to evade responsibility or to do damage control. For some, what really makes them suffer is that not that they've hurt someone, but that they've gotten caught in their wrongdoing. They may do a press conference or release to issue a public apology to try to cover their backsides. But at the end of Psalm 51, it says, quote, for you, God, have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Going public with your transgression will be deeply painful. But notice here that the public act of making a sacrifice is nothing more than hypocrisy unless that public act is attended by a true acknowledgement of the harm done and a heart broken by the pain of it. Briefly add, the next step is true repentance which leads to changing behavior. Today, we're going to focus on this moment of lament and confession. Now, at this point, some of you may be tempted to check out of this whole conversation, turned off by all this sin and guilt stuff. So let me acknowledge that for ages, there has been an unhealthy, and unbalanced emphasis on sin and judgment in Christian preaching and teaching. Whether intended or not, the message received by thousands upon thousands of the faithful is that we are born bad and that God is mostly interested in judging us giving us grades based on performance and deciding who's in and who's out of heaven. As a result of this long imbalance, lament as confession will likely feel much more familiar and traditional than the rage and searing accusations against God that we've encountered from Jeremiah the past couple of weeks. Wanting to balance original sin with original goodness and out of an impulse to bring healing to battered spirits schooled in fire and brimstone theology Many Protestant churches over the years have stopped praying prayers of confession in public worship and have stopped emphasizing human sin in preaching. As with most pendulum swings, there is danger here of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. 
Because for grace to mean anything, we have to acknowledge why it matters. In short, it matters because, as the Apostle Paul says clearly, quote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We do things. I'm not talking about who we are. I'm talking about the fact that we do things that are destructive and harmful to others, to the planet, and to ourselves. We do these things personally, interpersonally, and systemically by choice and by being part of a culture infused with sinful systems. Sin is what separates us from God and from others and from our own truest self. It takes the form of all kinds of actions that cause broken places, fractures, distance, disintegration, separation. Sin is a real thing. And if we have caring hearts, as I believe the vast majority of people do, then it feels awful to know that we've done harm. So you see, the purpose of penitential prayers of lament is not to cause suffering or to rub it in that we are separated from God or to draw us into a place of self-loathing. Rather, the confessional laments give us space to be with God in the suffering we feel because of our sin, to acknowledge how our actions have created separation, and to be honest about the ways that we beat ourselves up for the transgression. In other words, as with all lament, we are encouraged to turn toward God and to be honest. Psalm 51.6 says to God, You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. As anyone in recovery will tell you, the first step in recovery is admitting there's a problem to yourself and to your God. The first step is to stop trying to keep secrets from anyone, including God, to tell the truth, to name the harm you've done, to name the pain you're feeling, to know that you can't undo it, and to acknowledge that you need help. In Psalm 32, another psalm of lament, we receive the invitation. Clearly, the psalmist writes to God, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt 
of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. And in our psalm today, Psalm 51, the whole prayer pleads with God for mercy and forgiveness, for cleansing, for restoration and deliverance. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and a right spirit within me. Lament as confession invites us to trust that God loves us even when we have messed up and done harm. That doesn't mean God will magically remove consequences of our actions or that we will magically be relieved of responsibility or pain. But it does mean that our failure and foolishness and cruel mistakes are not the full measure of who we are. It does mean that we are assured of meaningful life on the other side, new life, a fresh start as a beloved child of God, no matter what. God, God doesn't cancel us because we got something wrong. God will walk with you, walk with you through humiliation and retaliation and loss and illness and any other consequence of your sinful action. And God will give you freedom and power to do better in the future. Once you experience the way God is present to you and remains with you in the destruction and disorientation wrought by your sin, then things like steadfast love, grace, and mercy are no longer just pleasant words. Those gifts from God are finally understood as the only firm foundation to stand on. They are liberation from despair and fear. They are hope and life. Brilliant lawyer author of Just Mercy and founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevenson, says this, quote, each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. Hear that. You are more than the worst thing you've ever done.
in my heart, I know it's true, but it's really hard to believe. As with many things, life with my dog Harvey teaches me. Harvey is an 80-pound clumber spaniel. There's Harvey. <laughs> he likes to pose for his portraits. Harvey is our 80-pound clumber spaniel. He is hilarious. He's adorable. He's our angel. There was a time, however, when Harvey became obsessed with the cat's food and would go to any length to get the cat's dish once he realized that he could actually reach it. He could get really mean about the cat food. It came to pass that before I had discovered a solution to the cat bowl access problem, Anthony and I took a trip and had a sitter stay with Harvey and Daisy, our other clumber, and our then cat, Annie Rose. While we were gone, the sitter startled Harvey, who had gotten a hold of a cat food dish, and he reacted from his primal protective of food impulse, and he bit her hand, causing real damage, like needed surgery damage. It's only ever happened that one time in all his 10 years. But my angel of a dog did real violence to one who was reaching out in care. That moment was awful and it did real damage, lasting damage. That is part of what's in Harvey part of Harvey's capacity in certain challenging scenarios. But that moment is far from all of Harvey's being. He is more than this worst thing he has done. I can see that in him. Our spiritual practice of lament, lament is confession, is a way to try to see that in ourselves. The wonder of this practice is that you will be humbled, but not in a way that makes you feel like less, but in a way that reminds you just how much you matter, just how much you are loved, just how much God believes in your capacity for goodness. Lament as confession does not leave you in sackcloth and ashes. It frees you to rise from the ashes with a clean heart and a new and right spirit ready to try again in the power of God's grace. I invite us now to pause for a few moments in silent prayer of confession. I invite you to bring to mind anything, something that happened a long time ago or something that's happening right now. And trust God's love enough to bring it there and receive 
what God has for you. Let us pray in silence now. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Amen. Amen.